I'm Candice Lim, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And I hate to say it, but are the Golden Globes back? Not only were ratings up 50% this year, but the celebrities were back and they were being kind of messy. Ali Wong, winner, kissed Bill Hader on Maine. Bradley Cooper, loser, watched Killian Murphy and Christopher Nolan win his awards. That's not new. And if you didn't watch the Golden Globes, then you might have missed a certain someone in the corner of the room chatting up Florence Pugh, Jennifer Aniston, and Meryl Streep. No, it was not Rachel Hampton. It was Selena Gomez. Now, if you remember the episode we did back in December about things we'd like to leave behind in 2023, you'll remember that I made a very public plea to Selena Gomez to put the Instagram down. Well, what I should have known is that when you put the IG down, you pull up to the Beverly Hilton because everyone, we have a new spit gate and no one spit on Chris Pine, but they did spill on Taylor Swift because at this year's Golden Globes, A camera person filmed some B-roll of Selena Gomez chatting to Taylor Swift and Kaylee Sperry. You might know Kaylee. She's married to Miles Teller. Now, the TikTok lip readers were obviously on call because what happens is that Selena leans over to tell Taylor something. Taylor reacts in this like, oh my God, shocked way. And somehow someone grabs footage with audio of this interaction from a different angle. They pick up Selena. She says no. She shakes her head. Taylor reacts. And then they hear Kaylee say the words with Timothy. And that's when people start speculating that Selena Gomez is telling a story about how she approached Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner at the event. They were there together. And allegedly Selena asked to take a picture with Timmy and Kylie said no. Now, to understand the complex web history of Timmy, Selena, Taylor, the entire Kardashian universe, you will need 50 hours in a PowerPoint. But I think what you need to know is that Selena and Timmy, they know each other. They worked on a movie together. It's called A Rainy Day in New York. Kylie and Selena, they have a stickier history, the most recent being back in February 2023, when fans speculated that Kylie posted a screenshot on Instagram making fun of Selena's eyebrows. And they both squashed that beef immediately. Selena was like, I'm a fan of Kylie. But fast forward to lip reader gate when this is maybe the biggest story coming out of the Golden Globes. And a source from Selena's camp goes to people.com and says Selena was, quote, absolutely not referencing anything about Timothy or Kylie, adding she, quote, never even saw or spoke to them. And... That should be the end of it, even though the internet is still debating angles, audio, timeline. So while that's all happening, let's dive into a different story that will probably be a hot topic for the rest of the year. Because today, we are talking about the Royal Caribbean cruise that is setting sail for nine months on the open seas. And this cruise is not just a regular cruise. It is scheduled to take passengers to seven continents, 60 plus countries, and many, many iconic sites. But what tickles me the most is that TikTok cannot stop talking about this cruise. And that's because passengers on this cruise have been pushing out vlogs, Q&As, posts about their experience living on this boat. There's a hashtag, Ultimate World Cruise, that has more than 195 million views. There's people on land reporting everything that's going on because they have like insiders on the ship feeding them information. Shout out to you, CT Director. You are the aquatic Dumois. But you may be wondering, what is so special about this cruise? They wake up. 
They eat a continental breakfast. They watch the ocean. And that is pretty much what is going on. But I think this is more about watching people have money and spend it. You know, we are kind of past Hollywood's peak fascination with eating the rich. And to me, this cruise is a mix of the White Lotus, Triangle of Sadness, Love Island, and to watch passengers be their own characters, produce their own drama, and romanticize their own cruises for free. It sounds like the greatest PR Royal Caribbean could have ever asked for. So on today's show, we're going to talk about what happens when a laboratory of rich people are stuck on a ship for nine months and what this says about TikTok's fascination with consuming and vilifying people with money. I'll be back with Waylon Wong, the co-host of NPR's The Indicator from Planet Money, after the break. Hey, listeners. Hope you are enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. We are thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Saturdays on the rise of this year's most promising pop act, Tate McRae. And we're back. Sea turtles, beware, because on today's show, we are talking about the nine-month world cruise that TikTok cannot stop dissecting. And to help me understand cruise culture, it is the co-host of The Indicator from Planet Money, NPR's daily economics podcast, Waylon Wong. Welcome back, Waylon. Hello. Or should I say, ahoy. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Aye, aye, me captain. Um, (laughs) Waylon. Let's let's start here. This all started because you let me in on a little secret, <laughs> which is that you are a cruise person. And so before we dive into the drama, I'd love to ask about your love for cruises. Like, where did it start? What do you love about them? Is there a name for your community? Oh, there probably is a name for this community. Are we just known as cruisers? I'm not sure. But... Uh... <laughs> But I I do enjoy a cruise, and I will preface this by saying that if you have climate anxiety, me, and if you have class anxiety, also me, cruising is not a really defensible option (laughs) when it comes to vacationing. And yet, I really enjoy a cruise. I think I took my first cruise, I was probably middle school, high school with my family. We went on a cruise line that has since gone out of business. And I took another cruise, a river cruise actually in China with my parents uh, when I was already out of college and we took a vacation together. That was lovely. And then I think what happened is that I had a kid and when you at least when we had our kid, we kind of lost interest in the type of vacation where you have to put in a lot of research and planning and figure out hotel and itineraries and where you're going to eat and what you're going to do about all of the little details that Mm -hmm. come along with taking care of like a tiny human who's not very flexible and doesn't want to walk places and all that stuff. And so we kind of pivoted from like what I would call homework vacations, which is like, let's visit a world capital and like see 10 museums in a day. You know, we pivoted from that to can we go to an all-inclusive resort? And then a cruise is basically a floating version of an all-inclusive resort. And what's great is that you get everything taken care of, all of the food. The food's usually pretty good. You get entertainment. You get a nice place to stay. You don't really have to make any choices except for 
am I going to trivia? Am mm. I going to take a yoga class? Am I, what do I want at the buffet? Like everything is provided for you. You get excellent customer service. And then, you know, we took our little one on an Alaska cruise, which I really enjoyed because that was just a really neat way to see that part of the country. And, you know, we went into a national park that's like only accessible by ship, basically. And they only let in a certain number of cruise ships every year for kind of sustainability reasons to keep the traffic down. And so I was like, well, if we hadn't been on this cruise, we would not have seen this amazing glacier. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I'll ever see a glacier again because they're all melting. (laughs) So we went on that Alaska cruise, had a fabulous time. And then we went on a Disney cruise. Oh, wow. And then that was just next level. And I'm also low-key a Disney adult. So I had an amazing time on the Disney cruise. (laughs) We all did. And then I was like, was this the best vacation ever? And the way they get you is at the end of the Disney cruise, they're like, if you book a placeholder, then you get 10% off or something like that. You get a discount. So then while we were waiting to disembark, we like literally booked our next one. So now I'm going on another one in July. Oh, my God. Okay, so everyone, Waylon Wong, travel expert to the seas, call her if you have any questions. And therefore, I have to imagine that this drama we're talking about today is just like so up your alley because lest we forget, you know, when the pandemic first hit in 2020, the first sectors of the economy to get really hit were travel. So that's airplanes, hotels, cruises. You cover business and econ because this TikTok let's say, phenomenon ecosystem has burst up because of this cruise we're talking about. Do you think travel is back? Do you think cruises are back? I definitely think travel and cruises are back. And that's just really manifest to me in like the message boards and stuff in terms of, you know, like people booking again. And, you know, in terms of like the prices you pay now, it's like clear that, you know, now we're just fully back. You know, it's not like they're offering mega discounts to get people on the ships. I mean, even when we took our Disney cruise and this was at the end of 2022, it felt a little bit like, should we even be doing this? It didn't feel super responsible. And we wore masks when we were in common areas and always ate outside away from other people and stuff. But like, clearly, we're the only people doing that on the ship. And like, by now, I'm sure it's like all bets are off. And it's just fully like, this is the way it was pre-pandemic, the way people are living or like, you know, taking their vacations on the cruise ships. And I know my friends are like back to traveling fully, just like going everywhere. And but I feel like what's special about this world cruise is that it is such a long cruise. Like even in an alternate timeline where the pandemic didn't happen, this would be an absolutely over the top like spectacle of a vacation to take, you know, Mm -hmm. like under any circumstances. Um, And maybe it feels even more so coming out of the pandemic when like a lot of people still aren't sure about like eating at a buffet, right? Like like, reasonably so. It's like, oh, so you're going to be now on a boat for nine months with a bunch of strangers. I mean, it's wild. I didn't even study abroad for nine months. And so that's why (laughs) it is so interesting to wrap our heads around this. I say, let's get into it. All right. December 10th, 2023, the Royal Caribbean Ultimate World Cruise leaves from Miami. Now, this is a cruise that has been advertised for a while, and there are passengers who claim they've been planning this for a year, year and a half. But what you need to know is that this ship is called the Serenade of the Seas. Waylon, anything else you think we should know about this ship in particular? Yeah, well, this nine-month world cruise, let that sink in, nine months. We're talking 274 nights, which is 
just such a long period of time to be at sea. And it's four segments covering 60 plus countries on three continents. And so it's broken up into four segments. And what's interesting is you can actually hop on for any of the segments. So if you only want to do a chunk, it's still not a short chunk, right? We're still talking about 64 nights, 87 nights, like that's the length of these individual segments. But if you just wanted to do like the Americas or Asia Pacific or Middle East, you could hop on for just that shorter chunk. But some people, are on for the entire time. Is that normal for people to jump on for the entire time for nine months on a cruise? Well, I mean, this has never really been offered before, right? There are long cruises, and I've seen definitely cruises that are a month or more. Um, And actually, my husband and I have fantasized about going on one of these longer cruises when we're empty nesters, you know? Mm. Um, And there was actually a fascinating Bloomberg story I read years ago about how some retirees are opting to go on really long cruises and stringing together long cruises back to back instead of paying for like an independent living facility on land because you get to go to sea and you pay like kind of around the same amount and you get your food provided and all your entertainment and your lodging and there's even medical facilities on board. So if you are, you know, like a very spry retiree, like it's like an alternative to, you know, just living in like a retirement community, which is kind of amazing. So certainly people have been cruising for long chunks of time, but to have one cruise option that's nine months, I think this is probably the first time something like this has been attempted. Yeah. And just to give some highlights, you know, this Cruz claims that they will be hitting all seven continents. They're going to Machu Picchu, the Taj Mahal, the Temple of Artemis. For those curious, they will not be disembarking in Antarctica, but they will be sailing through it. So that's very interesting and unique. But let's talk about money. Let's talk about money because this is not a cheap trip. Apparently, the cheapest option starts at around $60,000 per person. And the most expensive options is like... $118,000. $118,000. I mean, these are salaries, guys. These are full-on salaries to jump on a ship for nine months. But Waylon, what do you think about these prices? Why do they vary for those reasons? And just like, is this reasonable for this type of cruise? It's hard to say. I'm guessing if you crunch the numbers, maybe it's reasonable because of all the amenities you get. Like you get like upgraded beverage package. I'm really big into free refills. So I'm like, well, if it comes with free refills, maybe it's worth it. Um, So, free, you know, but you get like the deluxe beverage package, which usually in cruise ships, you have to pay extra for anything that's not a soft drink, you know. So any alcohol or even like a specialty coffee drink, like an espresso or a cappuccino, usually have to pay extra for that. And I think in this case, it's included. And then you also get business class airfare. So, you know, they fly you business class from where you live to where you pick up the ship and you get laundry, which is obviously really important because you can't bring nine months worth of clothes. You got to you got to pack lighter and then do some laundry and gratuities they said were included and also Internet. And so I think if you crunch the numbers in terms of what you think the value of all these meals are and they give you a lot of food, you know, the food is pretty good. You get a nice room. I mean, it's still really expensive. And that is what I think is driving some of the fascination around this cruise and these TikTokers who are now, you know, sharing about life on board is everyone is like, what do you do for a living? How are you able to afford this? And how are you able to actually potentially leave your job for nine months? Although some people seem to still be working. And then I want to 
know what kind of job do you have where you can just, you know, work from any kind of time zone and be really flexible. Like if it's like your Machu Picchu day, you don't want to be stuck at the office. Like you want to get off the ship and see Machu Picchu. So like you have to be flexible enough that on the big days when you're there's something to see, you're not just on the ship that you can actually go out and do it. So I'm like very curious as to what everyone's jobs are. Right. Exactly. And if you guys are wondering how many people are committing nine months of their lives to this ship, well, this particular ship apparently can hold around 2,500 guests. Royal Caribbean, for some reason, won't confirm how many passengers are on this cruise. However, someone did post a TikTok that did reveal that there are at least 1,093 membership passengers on board, which did make me want to ask, Waylon, how familiar are you with like this tier system they have or even this dichotomy between the world cruisers versus the segmenters. Right. I know it starts to sound really dystopian. <laughs> like yeah. Someone's kind of uh, YA novel uh, about like the, the different classes of people. Um, so what I understand about segmenters versus the world cruisers is that world cruisers are the people who signed up and committed to the full nine months. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are only coming for one leg of this trip or maybe two legs of this trip, they're called the segmenters. And so they're not on for the whole time. So I think it's created that kind of dichotomy economy between who's been here the longest versus who's just coming for one leg of it. And then there is this tier system that I believe is not that dissimilar from what every cruise line has, which is just a loyalty program. And so, you know, the more cruising you do, the you know, higher you ascend in their loyalty system that gives you certain perks. And I think some of the drama or the kind of grousing that's happening on Serenade of the Seas comes from the people with the highest status getting access to certain excursions. I think there's certain excursions and certain things you get to do through Royal Caribbean that are only available to people with status. And then otherwise you have to, you know, pay extra for whatever the excursion is, or maybe you don't get to see that thing. So I think that's where some of the discontent is coming from. To me, that's like interesting, but it's also like every cruise line has that kind of status thing. So even on the Disney cruise, you can kind of (laughs) tell sometimes by like people's lanyards and stuff. Stuff, like how much like oh. loyalty they have and what tier they they have. And then sometimes you're entitled to like special things or like drinks with the captain or what have you. Man, cruises are such a fascinating confrontation with class because you are on this boat. You are on the same sea. You're eating the same buffet chicken tenders. And you would love to imagine that everyone got here the same way, doing the same job, blah, 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 blah. But then there are these little moments and these happen at every Disney World where it's like, oh, mom and dad couldn't get us into the beach club. But why could those random British kids? And it's like hard to explain. You don't really want to talk about class, let alone climate change while you're looking at polar bears. But I mean, this is so rife for content, right? And that's why we're here because look this cruise it is allegedly going to land back in miami on september 10th 2024 but since day one passengers they have been exporting content from the ship to tiktok to instagram just flooding the space and you know there's this hashtag royal caribbean ultimate world cruise more than 11.8 million views hashtag ultimate world cruise More than 195 million views and multiple passengers have talked about how their own like follower counts have skyrocketed just because they're a passenger on the ship. For example, Angie Linderman, she says she's boarded with less than 100 Mm -hmm. followers. Now she has more than 171,000. And so 
let's just take a second here to run down some of the characters that are on this trip who are making content either as passengers or voyeurs who are on land. Waylon, is there anyone that you've been like loving and following? You know, I do like Angie. I'm, I'm Angie. I'm 37. And I'm currently on Royal Caribbean's nine-month-around-the-world cruise called the Ultimate World Cruise. Um, I've been planning this for over a year and a half. I've lost both my parents. And so I had some life insurance money that came to me. And... Um, I like to travel, so I like to spend my time and money. It seems like the most logical way to do it. I'm sure people have opinions on that. Um, we lost both my parents at the age of 65 to cancer. And then not too long after that, I found out that I am a carrier for what's called BRCA2, BRCA2 gene, which puts me at a very elevated risk for breast cancer and ovarian cancer. To me, there is no thought of retirement. There is no way I'm waiting to do shit till I retire. And I also like Brandy. Um, and Brandy is a Black American. And she shared very candidly about how she was mistaken for a member of the crew. And also how at the pre-cruise gala that they threw for the passengers, that she was asked questions trying to figure out how she could possibly be on the ship. After... I said I was not working. Then I was asked, was I independently wealthy? Like, basically, how did you afford this? Now, one of the crew members assumed that I was not a guest when getting back on the ship from an excursion. And so I kind of glommed onto her immediately just because she was being so honest about that experience, which I think really just exposes a lot, right? Just about fellow Americans, fellow travelers, it gets at some of these class things we're talking about. Because um, the other element of class is that, like, if you look at who is staffing these ships, right, they come from, like, the Philippines and they come from um, these countries where the cruise lines recruit very, very heavily. So when you're like me and you actually look more like the crew than you look like a lot of the other passengers on board, that, like, creates a certain kind of... Uh, um, strangeness, I will say, to an experience. I think a lot of these passengers are just white. <laughs> and so I think for someone like Brandy, who is a woman of color, a black woman who is traveling internationally, that comes with a lot of baggage. And so I'm very invested in her journey. There is this couple I discovered. They're like newer. I have a feeling that this couple kind of saw what was happening with some of the influencers who were getting attention. They were like, we're going to jump in. Okay, so their names are Mike and Nancy. Um, and they call themselves Living Phase 2 because they're empty nesters. And in one of their intro videos, they were like, new characters unlocked. New characters unlocked on the nine-month Ultimate World Cruise TikTok channel. Who are they? It's us. <laughs> we're Mike and Nancy of Living Phase 2. We are empty nesters striving to live life to the fullest. Which is such like a meta way of like talking about themselves. Like we're already like fully into a meta level of, you know, people creating content aboard the ship. But Mike and Nancy are empty nesters and uh, they will just sit side by side and talking to the camera. And they're very cute. And lately they've been sharing about this mini drama, which is that the ship started to run out of certain kinds of wine. They like oh. show how on the menu... Stuff is crossed out because they think that the people on board are drinking even more wine than World Caribbean could have possibly predicted. Mm -hmm. And so then people were getting mad about certain kinds of wine running out. So they were like, oh, we'll see if we can restock, you know, and then they just posted an update being like, don't worry, like we restocked in Brazil and Argentina. So the wine is back. Um, but I'm curious what Mike and Nancy get up to. There are so many characters, let's say, from this ship 
coming on to TikTok for the first time. Like they're not influencers. They're usually people who had real jobs and then like save the money to do this. They come on here. They see people are absolutely getting famous, making bank, going on the Today Show. They decide to also start influencing. Is there a chance that the reason they're influencing is because they're trying to make back the money that they used to spend to go on this trip? (laughs) You know what? I wouldn't blame them for it, because if you can make your money back, then, you know, what a great value proposition for this cruise. You know, I am very curious to see which of these influencers, when they get back on land, end up quitting their day jobs because they have enough of a following and enough, I don't know, sponsorship offers or whatever to just keep maybe doing travel influencing full time. Um, I certainly think some people would have boarded the ship with that intention, right, to like launch a grand career in, in, in travel influencing. And I'm really curious also because we're only the first leg of the trip, right? We're only in America. Guys, it's been one month. It's been one month. We haven't even gotten to Antarctica yet. They haven't even like gone around the tip of South America. So we this is early, early days. They're talking early days. And I'm like, well, who are the people who are boarding in subsequent segments that especially maybe they weren't planning to do anything. But now that they've seen how viral this is, they're like, oh, when I get on board in Barcelona or in Hawaii or whatever, they're like, I'm just going for it. Right. And then I'm going to take over. I'll be like, uh, if you look at this as like a reality show season or whatever, they're like, "Okay, well, I'm like the mid-season person who like strides in. I'm like, there could be more characters that then will have to interact with the old guard, you know, because you can see how this kind of original crew is already gelling, right? Like, even early on, they were already posting videos of them, like, dancing to, like, the full house opening credits music and saying, like, here are your main characters. So they're fully in on the fact that they know they are the main characters. And I think that is, like, a pretty coveted status, right? Like, they're the ones that are getting booked to go on the Today Show and all this stuff, right? And so if I were them, I would ha- I would sleep with one eye open when these newcomers <laughs> get on board on the next continent because I'm like, no, this is going to be my followers, my income. And you know the internet's attention span is not infinite. You know what I mean? Like, it's not guaranteed everyone's still going to be as invested in nine months, right? Exactly. And let's take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the love islandification of this cruise and who's missing from the TikTok conversation. And we're back. So, Waylon, I want to talk about this nine-month cruise content on TikTok. I want to ask if you could maybe describe the content they're posting because Mm -hmm. I've been seeing things like cruise ship room tour, day in the life, buffet Mm -hmm. vlogs, and I'll be very honest, I'm not exactly sure if I would describe them as glamorous, but I think boring vlogs do sometimes make the best vlogs, right? My favorite people are the ones that drive to Target and come back. I love it. So (laughs) what type of content have you been gravitating towards when it comes to this cruise? Well, I really like a buffet and I really Mm. like eating and I love snacks. Mm. So the ones that are like, here's what I ate today or like, here's what the buffet had. I'm always watching with great interest. Like I'm that kind of person. I'm already reading menus for the Disney cruise I'm going on in July because I'm like, I would just like to know what the (laughs) options are going to be so I can really think about what I want for my main course in July. And, And so I really like the food ones. And I haven't gotten as much into the here's what we saw when we got off the ship at this port today, um, which is, you know, like a lot of the content is that obviously, right? Because they're seeing all this amazing stuff. But I think it's just because 
you know, first they were in the Caribbean. And so it was like, okay, like it's an island. I've seen that before. That's fine. I think as they go to places that are to me more personally interesting in terms of the scenery, like the Great Barrier Reef or the pyramids or like Machu Picchu, that's when I think I'll tune in a little bit more to the here's what we did today when we got off the ship. There was though, (laughs) they were just in um, Iguazu Falls, you know, um, and some of them got to see it from both the Brazil and the um, Argentina sides. Oh. And there was this like funny thing where <laughs> this woman said that um, she like took an extra long bathroom break, got left behind by the bus <laughs> that was supposed to like take them back. And the thing is like they got off the they got off the ship and then they actually took a flight because they were oh. in Buenos Aires, but you have to fly to get to Iquasu because it's it's not that close to Buenos Aires. And so there was like a flight involved, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then she like missed the bus. I think she was able to get reunited with the rest of the group, but I'm like, I don't know. It's really only a matter of time before someone for reals gets left behind at one of these ports. And I guess the nice thing is that because it's like nine months, you could just run and catch up with the next one. It's not like if you were on a four-day cruise and you got left behind and then by the time you're trying to rejoin the cruise is over so you might as well just go home (laughs) but still like no one wants to get left behind like at Machu Picchu or at the Taj Mahal or whatever you know you just like want to get back on the bus Waylon I want to bring up this amazing bingo card have you seen this this bingo Uh card made by Kara also known as Whimsy Soul on TikTok she made a bingo card that basically predicted all the things that might happen on this trip over 9 months i made an ultimate world cruise bingo card for anyone else who is buckling in for this 9 months TikTok reality show and wants to have a little fun. I have never been on a cruise, but I have lived in a dorm room. I travel professionally and I researched a lot of other people's TikToks to come up with what I think is a pretty good bingo card. And I wanted to show you some of my favorite squares. Waylon, do you have any favorite squares you want to share? You know what? I feel like norovirus. Oh. I don't know. I think it's going to happen because guess what? Norovirus already ripped through my kid's entire elementary school. So if it can do that on land... <laughs> It for sure can do that on a cruise ship where everyone is eating at the buffet every day. So I sense that some GI discomfort is Mm. potentially in the offing. The other one that I really liked was pregnancy because this is something I've been thinking about so much. Because I was like, oh my gosh, nine months, that is long enough for someone who didn't know they were pregnant when they, you know, booked the cruise and right. got on the cruise to realize they're pregnant and like carry that baby most of the way to term. Yeah. Nine months is also long enough for someone to get pregnant <laughs> right mm-hmm. at the beginning and then be well into the second trimester by the time they get off. And nine months is enough time for people to break up. It's enough time for like an entire marriage to go south and for a new relationship to form. It's enough time to have an affair and a whole other like secret relationship on board. So I think another thing on the bingo card was clicks. We already talked about this a little bit, right? With the segmenters versus the world cruisers. And now you're going to get some like newcomers on board. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, And then someone gets left behind was also on the bingo card. (laughs) I was like, oh, for sure. I think that'll happen. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, let me throw in some other squares too. Mass STDs. Oh That's God! Real. <laughs> oh That's God! That's real. Oh my God! I also want to highlight pirate takeover. Waylon, as someone who goes on cruises, how likely is a pirate takeover? <laughs> I would say 
not super likely, although I just did a story for my own podcast, The Indicator, about some really scary stuff that's happening in the Red Sea right now, where um, there are fighters from Yemen who are attacking commercial ships. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I don't think Serenade of the Seas is sailing past that area. They'll definitely steer well clear of that area. But it's like there are places right now that are kind of considered hot spots where it would not be safe to take a bunch of uh, passengers um, on a cruise ship, for sure. Yeah. And now, as of today, when we are recording this, I want to let you know that seven of these squares have happened. Let's go down the list. Number one, there was a positive COVID case on board. Two, someone did go home early. There was a pastor who injured his back and had to step off the ship. And now people are actually very concerned about him because If he does not have travel insurance, he cannot get a refund and he probably cannot get back on the ship. Any thoughts on travel insurance at this point, Waylon? Oh, I definitely would have gotten travel insurance for this. I mean, I I hate to be so judgy. I mean, maybe he did get travel insurance and I hate to be that person. I mean, you shouldn't have gotten travel insurance. (laughs) I'm like, come on. Five to six figures. Just you got to get some travel insurance. Exactly. Third. There has been petty neighbor drama. The one I'm going to bring to you involves swingers. Oh, my gosh. Pineapples on the door? Yep. There was a couple who was accused of being swingers (laughs) because they made like a paper pineapple and they put it on their door. Uh And people on the TikTok comments were like, oh, pineapple on the door, obviously calling card to swing. And the passenger had to literally come out and say like, no, we just like pineapples. It is not that deep. Oh, and no. I mean, I guess what I should note is that just because they are not swingers does not mean that there are no swingers on board. There's got to be swingers <laughs> on board. Some people probably boarded with the sole intention of swinging. Right, Waylon. I kind of want to talk about the internet of it all because maybe I'm not on the right side of TikTok, but I really feel like I have not seen a cruise or even a travel category have this much publicity, have this much content coming out of it, influencers making careers from this. Why do you think the internet is so obsessed with this cruise? I think because we all enjoy, well, I shouldn't say we all, I, (laughs) many other people I know, enjoy gawking at rich people or people Mm. who we perceive to have a lot of money. And I think given, you know, the success of like White Lotus or the popularity of Succession, like there's a certain kind of eat the rich mentality that a lot of us have where you can't look away from what people with money are doing and You're also maybe in your heart of hearts rooting for terrible things to happen or for them to get their comeuppance in some way. And I think that a nine month, really, really expensive world cruise is a perfect laboratory for people who are kind of morbidly curious about these dynamics to see is something going to happen. And I want to get out my popcorn and I want to be there when something happens. Yeah, because, you know, I come at this actually as a below deck viewer, and (laughs) there's definitely some similarities here, right? Think about a yacht, uh, which I guess you could call Mm -hmm. a a small cruise. A yacht, the only people who take them are like rich people who can afford to rent them for like $50,000, $100,000 a day. There is something about people being trapped in the ocean that I think is obviously fascinating, you know, obviously Ocean Gate, shout out to you. Mm-hmm. But I also 
think this cruise has really changed my perspective on who goes on cruises because hmm. if you'll notice a lot of these influencers are very young they're like in their yeah. 20s and 30s there's mm -hmm. this one influencer who posts from the tiktok account aa kenny they're a married couple they said that the majority of the passengers are like retirees or seniors but then you watch these vlogs and there are so many young people working remote jobs on this boat, hauling around ring lights on this boat and choosing this to be their life for the next nine months. And I kind of wanted to ask, why do you think young people would commit to a cruise like this? <laughs> Free refills? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, that is a good question because, yeah, cruising is not a young person's activity. You know, it yeah. is definitely geared towards an older demographic. Um, and I think it's because, you know, young people, when you travel, you want to be able to make your own choices, right? It feels super yeah. lame to be on a cruise where you're just eating at the dining room and, you know, you're just like getting your stick tartare and your chicken cordon bleu and, you know, eating at the buffet or like going to these kind of corny activities, whether it's trivia or bingo or the magician or the cabaret show. It all feels kind of lame. Like you want to be able to say like you went to this, I don't know, you went to Istanbul and you found this like little hole in the wall where you had the best meal of your life and no one else knows about it, right? That's like the cachet in travel among young people, I think. And so the cruise is like the opposite of that. But there must be just something about the novelty of this, that it's nine months at sea and that you do get to see a lot of legitimately cool places that maybe right. they're like, okay, well, um, you're only young once, you know, like you can hit all of these places in, at, at once and maybe launch a career out of it. I don't know. Maybe it's not a, not a bad, bad bargain. Yeah. What I'm also realizing is maybe a cruise is a reclamation of the college experience, because when I watch these vlogs, the tightness of these spaces, the regimented way that the entire place is scheduled and the way that passengers almost seem like roommates slash co-eds, there is this dormification to it. I also have to imagine if you were a college student in the early years of the pandemic, maybe you had to school remotely, work remotely, mm -hmm. and you kind of always wonder what that first year would have been like. Maybe this is it combined with the study abroad experience of being like, let's go to Vietnam, let's go to Dubai, let's go to Antarctica. And I wonder if there are people on this ship being like, there is a segment of my youth that I did miss, whether it's pandemic or not related, and being like, this is it. This is my time. Nine months, I am pregnant with travel. Right. And um, yeah, remember Semester at Sea? I don't yeah. know if they still offer that, but yeah, this is basically semester at sea without the learning. <laughs> you just get to go to all the places. <laughs> I'll say another thing is that I've noticed a few passengers more in the like millennial tier mm -hmm. who have also mentioned that an impetus for them going on this cruise was like a parent or someone really close to them passing away recently. Oh, And, you know, not only is it like, oh, maybe the life insurance or the inheritance money allowed me to do this, but they also kind of mentioned that there's something about watching someone so close to them pass away that really gave them like like the gas to pursue hmm. their life. And that meant to travel now, to travel here this way. And I'm like, that's a very real thing that I I understand. And so maybe there's some bonding there of people having very similar life experiences pursuing that maybe. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that, but that does make a lot of sense. I mean, it's interesting because what we're 
seeing on TikTok is a small, just a small slice of the people who are on board, right? And so mm-hmm. you think about the multitude of stories that are on that ship right now, and the vast majority of them will never know. We'll never know what motivated them to get on board, what they're up to, how they're feeling, what drama they're going through. You know, we only see kind of this curated, you know, selection of experiences mediated through our screens. So yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, you know what? demographic or what category of person I have not seen very many of any TikToks from that I'm dying to know more about is the crew and the staff. (gasps) And I'm like, did they all have to sign NDAs? Do we have to wait for nine months? And then after their contracts are over, we will hear all of like the dirty, dirty details and everything that went on behind the scenes. I'm like, what is happening with the crew? Waylon, what an important thing to say. Because I don't want to watch a dentist drink a mimosa. I want to see a bosun fight the chef. And it's January. We are only one month into this cruise. And yet we made an entire episode about it. There are eight (laughs) months to go. A lot of people have been comparing this to The Hunger Games. They've been calling it a nine-month TikTok reality show. Love Island is not even filmed for this long. So I have to ask Waylon... What do you think will happen between now and that port in Miami? Like, if you had to create your own bingo card, what are you putting on there? Oh, wow. Definitely a pregnancy. (laughs) Like, someone's going to leave the ship with a baby. (laughs) Or, like, having maybe gotten off earlier because, like, they were too pregnant to continue sailing. Um, I am really eager to see who that gets on later becomes a main character kind of is able to ascend to the upper echelons of main character. Mm. Um, And I am really curious to see if anyone um, causes an international incident as they sail around (laughs) the world. I mean, it could happen. I mean, Americans traveling overseas, sometimes, you know, not the best behavior, not the best cultural awareness. So um, I'm anticipating at least one international incident. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) seriously. I think the last thing I want to ask is, what do you think this particular journey and the hubbub surrounding it, the way TikTokers have been churning out content and the way we desperately want it, what do you think this says about cruise culture? Like, is this Basically, just amazing press for Royal Caribbean. What is the future post-Ultimate World Cruise TikTok fame? I do wonder what this will do for people who never considered a cruise before. And I think that given the presence of so many young influencers, millennial age, who are on there talking about how much they love it and how great all the sites are and how much fun they're having... It could potentially open up cruising to a demographic that hadn't considered it before. And certainly, you know, very few people are going to have the kind of money to go on a world cruise if they even offer it again. I think like that will depend on yeah. the events of the of the next eight months for World Caribbean. But I could definitely see, you know, a young person watching this and being like, you know what, I'll I'm going to book a cruise. Right. Like I want mm-hmm. like a smaller version of this. But I, I could see that. And I and I think if this has an influence on the cruising industry, I think that will be really interesting, like especially from a business economics perspective. Waylon, the question that you're probably really asking is like, does this make me want to go on a cruise now? I have never been on a yeah. cruise and I am a little scared of this one because I don't think I can be with influencers for nine months. That's really that's mm. really my trigger. But Waylon, I got to admit, you mentioning a Disney cruise, I would absolutely go on there with you. 
Okay, that's the show. I want to thank Waylon Wong for joining me on today's episode. You can find more of Waylon's work on NPR's The Indicator from Planet Money, where she talks about the labor economics of Barbie, inflation, and what selling Sunset has to do with 0% interest rates. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. That way, you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify, and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, and you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candice Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online or on a Disney cruise.